changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. All right, here we are with Madison Griffin. Madison, we are so excited to be able to speak with you today and hear your story, and hopefully it can inspire a lot of people who listen to this. Um, Why don't you go ahead and jump in and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? All right, thanks for having me. Um, So I have Crohn's disease, and I was first diagnosed when I was 11 years old, which is pretty young. Um, Typically, inflammatory bowel disease is diagnosed in the late teens or early 20s. Um, So to see it in a young patient is kind of unusual. But it started with significant weight loss. Um, So over the course of about two months, I lost close to 25 pounds. Um, And that was 25 pounds that I didn't have to lose. And then um, from there, it took probably six or seven months to get a diagnosis. So I was going back and forth to doctors locally. And then we ended up getting sent to a pediatric gastroenterologist who essentially saved my life um, down at Sutter in Sacramento. And After months of tests and hospital stays, I finally was diagnosed and then started therapy in the form of steroids. And that's not really a sustainable therapy, but it kind of was one of the only options because at the time there weren't a lot of other medications that were approved for use in juveniles. Um, And so then over the course of the past 12, coming up on 13 years that I've had it, I have just kind of worked to become my own advocate as far as healthcare because really nobody knows your body better than you do. And so I think the best thing you can do for yourself is to educate yourself about your disease and learn how you can help yourself, help others help you. How did this go like as a young child with your peer group? Was it something that any of your friends understood at all? Um, they tried. I had a lot of close friends and even still most of my friends are people that I kind of grew up around. So that makes it easier in that they were there from the very beginning. But um, it was isolating. Having a chronic illness is isolating regardless of what it is, because you your body can't really keep up. You can't do what everyone else is doing. And so as a child, I missed out on quite a lot. I missed a lot of school. My parents would get those letters, you know, saying, if your kid doesn't come to school, Mm -hmm. we're going to send you to jail. (laughs) Um, And and, uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was something that was, it definitely added like another layer of difficulty to growing up, which is already like a a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. And like self-confidence wise, um, especially in that, I mean, you're talking 11, 12, 13, those are tough years. <laughs> those are yeah. tough years. Yeah. And um, so what was, what was that like being able to, you know, deal with this, you know, Crohn's disease that you have, but also deal with the self-confidence issue during that time? Yeah. Um, it was hard because 
obviously that's like junior high age and junior mm-hmm. high kids are brutal. Yeah. Like they do not care. So I got teased a lot for being too skinny. So it's usually you hear people getting teased for being overweight, but you know, any deviation from the norm is seen as a weak point and kids will attack it. And so I was too skinny. They would call me bones um, and ask if they could touch my bones because I literally was like a walking skeleton. Um, So I think that it was terrible when it happened and living through that was not something that I would hope anybody would have to do, but obviously it happens. But I think now as an adult, like, I just have so much so much more compassion for people that look different or are different for things that are outside of their control. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to that initial weight loss, uh, were you suffering from pain at the same time as well? Or what was that like? Yeah. So the weight loss came from not absorbing anything that I was eating. Um, with Crohn's disease, it's sort of your immune system attacking your digestive tract. So it created a lot of inflammation and that inflammation led to like scarring and ulceration, bleeding and all of those things. So due to that, the mucosa that normally would absorb and break down your food, it just kind of wasn't working in the way it was supposed to. So I was going to the bathroom like at minimum 10 times a day. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it led to like dehydration, malnutrition, and all of the, like a whole host of things that came along right. with it. Yeah, and, I could yeah. see kind of creating a bunch of side effects from it. Right. Is there different, like you hear, we're not Crohn's disease a lot, but you know, a decent amount enough to where a lot of people are familiar with it. Is there different spectrums of people who have it, like different levels of severity? And where do you think that you had put yourself on at the, at kind of the worst time? What's, what yeah. So inflammatory bowel disease is a, group of three different diseases. Crohn's disease is only one of them. It's also ulcerative colitis and then indeterminate colitis. Um, And so with Crohn's disease, it can affect any portion of your digestive tract from your mouth all the way to the end point. Um, And I experience symptoms pretty much throughout my digestive system. So sometimes it's only isolated to like the last portion of your small bowel, or your colon, but I would get like sores in my mouth. I had acid reflux. Um, I had ulcers in my stomach, my small intestine and my colon. So at that point I was considered to have severe Crohn's disease. And this is all while you were what for, they're still in that teenage young teenage time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, um, it kind of like ebbed and flowed. So it was really bad before I got diagnosed. And then once I started treatment and I started responding a little bit, it would slow down and and then I would have periods of flaring. And so like, that's kind of what characterizes like an inflammatory bowel disease is like, you'll have periods of time where you're okay. And Mm. then sort of just like at this flip of a switch, you flare for for no reason at all. Um, And that can last for days, weeks, months. Your body is like totally in charge and you have no say. Have they tracked it back to um, diet at all Um, as far as, uh, you know, potential causes or reasons that you might get inflammation? I know that there's a lot of gluten intolerance out there, not to say that there's a relation here, but just in general, um, being the digestive tract, I I could see, you know, food playing a Mm -hmm. a pretty large role. Has that changed with what you've had to eat? Yeah, food definitely has a part to play in it. Um, 
there, but it's so individualized. So, you know, what one person tolerates and can consider their safe food, another person can't even have one bite of it without reacting to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really hard to pinpoint a specific diet that is best for someone with Crohn's disease or inflammatory bowel disease. I've tried so many diets. Um, There's one called the specific carbohydrate diet. And that was kind of touted as like the number one for a while. But then as research happens and things change, you know, other things come out, there's FODMAPs. So you, you know, everybody has their own FODMAPs and you avoid certain things that cause gas and ferment in a specific way in the digestive tract. Um, No, I'm not familiar with that term FODMAPs. What's that? Yeah, it's an acronym. So it stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. Okay. I can see why it's an acronym. But you basically have a PhD in all of this now, (laughs) it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah, I joke about it and I tell my friends, like, yeah, if you have digestive issues, just come to me. I'm basically a gastroenterologist. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I love about your story and especially like following your Instagram is you've really taken on kind of an ownership of this, you know, an acceptance of like, this is what it is and I'm going to own it. Can you talk about that? And also obviously talk about, I'm sure there had to have been times during the process where you were like, why me? Like, why does this happen to me? And that mm-hmm. transition, how you got to the point of being like, I'm just going to own this and I'm going to make it part of me. And what's beautiful about me is, is this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think diagnosing this disease at such a young age, there was a lot of lack of control. Like I didn't have much say from the very beginning in when the tests were done, what kind of tests were done. Things weren't really deeply explained. They were just kind of glossed over, you know, Oh, you're going to go to the hospital. You're going to drink this and you're going to put this camera there. And, all of that. And so as I got older, I sort of like sought that control. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, if I can learn about this, then I can talk to them, talk to the doctors and my parents on sort of like a level playing field. That makes sense. Yeah. Treat it like we're equals. Like they'll see that I understand what's going on and then they'll trust me with more information and trust me to make decisions. Um, And so by the time I turned 18, I like kicked my parents out of all of my medical decisions and I found my own doctor and like took charge. I was not going to sit back and let decisions be made for me. Um, and mm. I kind of just chalk that up to being a control freak. <laughs> I want to be in charge. This is my body. Yeah. I want to have a say over what is done to it and how it's treated. And um, so I think that that's like a huge thing that I learned along the way. And how'd your parents take that? (laughs) Oh, my mom had a really hard time with it. Yeah. Um, Because I mean, she was responsible for up to that point. Right. Yeah. 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 She was. So for her to have to step back and be like, Oh, I can't talk to her doctors anymore. Like, Oh, I can't force her to take this medication or not go that place because she needs to rest. Like it was a huge strain in our relationship. Yeah. I can see there had to been a transition point where it was like, the move from, oh, you don't trust me to, oh, I'm proud of you that you're taking this initiative. Because was that have been the initial reaction where she's like, oh, you don't trust me to do this anymore? Right. Yeah, exactly. And she couldn't understand why I didn't want her to go to the doctor's appointments or, you know, why I wanted to do it myself. Like Mm -hmm. she felt like I was rejecting her support. And realistically, I can see why she felt that way, but that wasn't like the root of what I was doing. Yeah. For me, it was just trying to find that autonomy. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's good. So, okay. So you also post a lot of times on Instagram with your bag. Uh-huh. It's something that a lot of people who have a colostomy bag or maybe they usually try and hide because right. they're embarrassed about it. But you've taken a yeah. different approach. So talk a little bit about why you've taken that different approach. Mm-hmm. So in um, in August of 2019, I got really sick, like the sickest I've ever been. And I had been sick for months, but it just sort of like plummeted. And I was in and out of the hospital down at Stanford. And I pretty much was left with no other option but to have a temporary ileostomy created. So I have a bag now and it allows the stool to leave my body completely bypassing my large intestine and my rectum. And the point of that was to allow those parts of my body to heal. Mm. So it's going to be there for like an indeterminate amount of time, um, which I'm not upset about because getting the bag has completely given me my life back. Wow. So before having the bag, I was basically bed bound. I had to take a medical leave from university. I couldn't eat hardly anything without pain. I was living off of rice and chicken. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was like I was alive, but I wasn't living basically. Mm-hmm. So initially the shock of having to have a bag was a lot. And being a young woman thinking like, okay, I'm going to have a literal bag of poo attached to me all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. That's kind of a heavy thing to process. But once I got through like the difficult portion of it, the, the difficult healing part of it, and thank goodness for therapy, um, I realized that this life now with a bag is so much better than life without it was. Yeah. And I think because of that, because of how much better I feel and how much more I'm able to do, I just refuse to be ashamed of it. Yeah. Like it's... I'm just, I'm not going to be ashamed of something that is giving me a life. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's powerful. Really good. That's powerful. Have you, have you heard any response from other people that know your situation that maybe follow you on Instagram that you've inspired them to take on that ownership as well? Yeah. So funny enough, um, I joined this Facebook group that's worldwide and it's got like 6,000 members of people with ileostomies and J pouches and a J pouch is another like surgical form of rerouting your intestines. Um, Mm -hmm. and I saw on there, I was laying in bed, still fresh out of surgery, probably had only been home like two nights. And I saw a girl who had made a post and I was like, wait a second, I think I went to high school with her. So I looked at her page and I saw that she had recently gotten an ileostomy and she was making posts. And so I sent her a message on Facebook and I was like, Hey, I hope this isn't weird, but we went to high school together and I just want you to know you're not alone. Like there are other young people that have ileostomies that are dealing with similar things. And I wasn't really sure how it was going to be received, but she responded and was like, thank you so much. Like, I feel like I'm the only young person to see another young woman who's going through this. It's just such a relief. And so I had told her also about another girl who I knew through Crohn's disease that has an ileostomy. So now the three of us are close friends and we go to lunch and kind of confide in each other. And I think both of them had, obviously everyone's experience is so different with something like this. Um, But neither of them were really open about having their ileostomies. So they've said on a number of occasions that like my confidence with it, my 
ability and desire to be open about it has helped them to accept the fact that they have bags and that that's not all of who they are. It's just part of who they are. I could totally see that. Yeah, that's a brave thing you're doing. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that don't even say anything that have been benefited in some way, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think that there's such a stigma surrounding colostomies and ileostomies and I mean, even inflammatory bowel disease because people don't like to talk about poop. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not table talk. It's not table talk. And so it's sort of something unless you have a two year old, and then yeah, then it is. Then it's <laughs> yeah, it's all day. Then talk. it's all the time talk. Yeah. 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 Um. So it's something that gets shied away from, but it's something that's so important to everyday life. Like, if you have a bad poop, it ruins your day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So it's something that we need to talk about, and it's having. A healthy digestive system and a healthy way of talking about it is super important to our overall health. Yeah. Now, when it comes to inflammatory bowel disease, you have Crohn's, but also colitis falls under that as well. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Ulcerative colitis is um, similar to Crohn's, except it affects only the colon and it'll affect only the inner lining. Whereas Crohn's, like if it affects the colon, it can go all the way through every layer of the colon Um, and then indeterminate colitis. I'm not too familiar with that one, but I also know that it affects the colon as well. Gotcha. Um, And so like with ulcerative colitis, they, those patients often will have the option to have their colon removed and do a colectomy. And then they're sometimes candidates for a J pouch, which is basically they create a reservoir and connect your small intestine to your rectum. And then you're still able to use the restroom um, like normally without a bag. But in my case with Crohn's, that's not an option. Mm -hmm. So if this ileostomy is going to stay the way it is, then it would become permanent and they would take out my colon and do what's called what, what people in the IBD community refer to as the Barbie butt surgery. So they like, Mm -hmm. Stitch up that's your a, butt. And you don't that's a medical. That's anymore. a medical term. <laughs> yeah, wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's wow. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your aspirations like? As far as do you have main aspirations? Like, have you ever thought about like? Because you have so much knowledge on this and so much power in the way you've dealt with this. Have you ever thought about you know writing a book, starting a podcast? You know, like have you thought about different ways? Because I I really think that you can inspire so many people and yeah. you talk about having this at 11. How old are you right now? Just so the listeners know. I'm almost 24. So you're okay. still so young. Um, have you thought about different ways that you could inspire people on different platforms? Yeah, I have thought about it. And I think that's kind of why I started the Instagram page was because I know that there's such a huge community of people with, Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel disease, ileostomies, colostomies, for whatever reason they have them. And I just really wanted to be able to connect with people that understood and knew what it was like to be different. Um, So as for now, I don't have concrete plans, but I do think that connecting on a deeper level, like via a podcast or some way um, would be awesome. I know that they do conferences and things like that throughout the United States um, and the uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America is a big one. They have 
walks that raise money and a lot of different outlets to connect with other people. That's great. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, since we are podcast hosts, I know that podcasting can be such an intimate time with people because you get to spend, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, however long you do your podcast for speaking directly to them. It just seems like if you ever thought of like taking on that path, you obviously speak well, you know, really so much about it. Um, would be a cool way to uh, to connect with people and, and yeah. really, you know. Or YouTube. Uh, YouTube or YouTube, yeah. A great yeah. Uh, way yeah. to be able to do the same thing um, as podcasting, yeah. but just reach, you know, obviously through the video medium. Right. There are some really cool um, YouTube videos that have been super helpful to me as far as like tips and tricks with ileostomies. And um, so I think that's definitely like a niche area of YouTube that mm-hmm. – we could tap into. I just haven't put a ton of energy into that. I'm yeah. still, I'm still, uh, I'm kind of in that phase of like just really wanting to relish in the fact that I can live a life now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And, and enjoy that time. You mm-hmm. know, that's right. I'm glad that you are, you are doing that. You know, we're putting the, the cart way in front of the, the horse where you're like, Hey, just let me enjoy this time. Right now. <laughs> Can you talk about the the nonprofit that you have listed on your Instagram page and tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Cure for IBD. Um, I don't remember exactly how I found it. I think it was actually through Facebook. Um, you know, when you have a birthday, Facebook will be like, hey, right, do right. you want to mm-hmm. make donations? And I knew obviously about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, but something about that, I was just like, I don't know, this is a huge organization. They get a ton of money. Um, so I just dug a little deeper and I came across cure for IBD, which is kind of like the mom and pop of, um, you know, fundraising organizations. And it's ran by a man named Chris. And, um, from what I know, he is, well, he calls himself an IBD dad. So I think he has a child who has inflammatory bowel disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they created this organization to help raise money and all of their funds that are generated from people who create those Facebook donations for birthdays and for whatever reason, um, goes directly into research for inflammatory bowel disease. Awesome. So yeah, they, and they're really, um, transparent about where their money comes from and where the money goes and they send you a cool t-shirt when you create uh, a fundraiser so i've got like three of them now um and i was super excited and blessed that i had friends and family that were willing to donate and i think my birthday fundraiser raised like close to three hundred dollars that nice yeah that's something i definitely want to keep doing yeah they, they got some crazy stats on here that um you know, more than 5 million people worldwide suffer and the fastest growing population being diagnosed is children before their first birthday. That's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and my, my gastroenterologist that I see now, I had, I like ask him a million and one questions every time <laughs> I see him, but yeah. he had said at one point that typically the younger someone is diagnosed, like the more aggressive the disease progression is. Oh no. So that's kind of an unfortunate. Yeah. Usually thought. it's like the other way, right? The younger you're diagnosed, the earlier they can detect it and the better right. they can cure it. And that, that mm-hmm. way, that's horrible. Wow. Well, this has been really good, Madison. I'm super excited. You took the time to join yeah. us. Um, 
you're an inspiration, not just to the people who follow you on Instagram and know you, you're an inspiration to us as well for what you're doing. Um, I know some days, like you said, you just feel like you just want to be able to live and be happy with you know where you're at right now and you don't want to go inspire people. But just by doing that, you are absolutely inspiring people. Yeah. And Thank what's your you. Instagram handle for if people want to follow you? It's Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, awesome. Crowns is C-R-O-H-N. And so it's Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. We'll put, a, we'll put a link on there too, because when I was looking for it, there is like a Chronicles of, Nar- of Narnia, of course. So right. Got to make sure yeah. you get the right one. Very good. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks for taking time yeah, to join you. us. Because really this, like you said, is uh, something that people don't really talk about. So it's good to get that awareness out there. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Madison. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have you heard of light therapy? What about photobiomodulation? A fancy way of saying light therapy. Or stem cell activation. That's right. I said stem cells. The big buzzword in health that no one can afford. Well, you can afford it now. Head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can't beat that. So head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and get started today.